Welcome to the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care Alliance podcast, exploring challenges and best practices in palliative care approaches for individuals in long-term care. Since 1972, researcher Mary Lou Kelly has been engaged in gerontology and palliative care practice, teaching, and research. She has made major contributions to research in long-term care and rural and First Nations communities, using participatory community development approaches to empower and support community members and frontline workers. Her research has led to changes that have improved end-of-life care for people, their families, and communities. Mary Lou was a professor at Lakehead University for 35 years and is now a team member working on the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care Project, as well as a volunteer for Compassionate Ottawa. Welcome to the podcast, Mary Lou. Lovely to be here. I'd like to start by asking you how you became involved in palliative care. I'm a social worker by uh, profession. From 1972 to 1980, I was working as a clinical social worker in an acute care hospital. Much of the work that I did as a social worker in the hospital uh, was with older people, uh, dealing with some of the challenges that come with uh, advancing age and progressive chronic illness. Um, one of the things that was included in the work that I did with people is helping them transition into long-term care. And that's really how my work got grounded in, in social work in, in the field of, of gerontology. In 1980, I was recruited to Lakehead University in, in Thunder Bay to teach in the School of Social Work, and they needed somebody to teach in gerontology. In about 1991, I was approached to establish an education center around aging and health. And one day I was sitting in my office there and I got a phone call from the manager of the Ontario Ministry of Health. It was a regional office in the north. They said uh, the Ontario government has just funded a palliative care initiative that includes educating all the healthcare providers in Ontario. He was asking me if I wanted to do that for Northwestern Ontario, which includes the Manitoba border to White River. That's a huge task. An area, an area larger than the country of France. So anyway, that's how I got into palliative care. And there was no curriculum at the time Um, We were given some funding. Uh, We started by recruiting um, an interdisciplinary team, uh, people that worked in in the cancer center, home care, um, physicians, uh, palliative care volunteers. We, We sat around the table and we actually created a curriculum for training. Can you talk a little bit about the way that palliative care is being integrated into long-term care? In the early 2000s, Dr. Sharon Kasselinen, who is a professor of nursing at McMaster University, and I got together. Um, Both of us had strong interests in both palliative care and long-term care. And I'm a social worker. Sharon is a nurse. So we came at it from complementary perspectives, the uh, clinical and more psychosocial. And we really wanted to 
do a research project that would help long-term care homes integrate the palliative approach. And almost nothing was done in being done in the area of palliative care and long-term care. And so we spent a lot of time thinking about how we could best approach it. We decided to do this community-based participatory action research approach. And we called our research the Quality Palliative Care and Long-Term Care Alliance because we wanted to work in partnership with the long-term care homes that joined our research. There were no specialized tools for long-term care at the time. Most palliative care tools were created for cancer and were not applicable to people with advanced illness and chronic disease. We spent the first year in the homes talking to all the staff. Uh, We did focus groups, we did surveys, we tried to understand what they did already, what their current practices were, what was working really well for them, where they were struggling. One of our surveys, we asked uh, all the staff, do you think You know, it's really, really important to be caring for your residents uh, to the end of their life. Absolutely, yes. Did they um, feel that was something that they wanted to do? And they said, oh, yes, we really want to do that. But then we said, well, are you doing it? And they said, well, no, (laughs) because we don't feel prepared. And by the way, it's not our job. (laughs) Well, of course, They were doing it because people were dying in their home and they were looking after them. Um, And it was their job, but it was just a reflection of them not fully appreciating that palliative care and as an approach can and, and should be integrated into the everyday care that they're giving their residents. So as part of the Alliance, then you developed a, a toolkit and part of that toolkit is the, um, the quality palliative care and long-term care self-assessment checklist. This work continued for five years and the toolkit emerged step-by-step from the work that we did. Uh, So we have clinical tools for um, assessing when a resident's needs are changing. We have clinical tools for pain assessment. We have, you know, uh, protocols, you know, that the nurses would use. Uh, We also have a lot of staff education tools. We have psychosocial tools like, uh, histories and and um, grief support tools for staff and residents. There are probably well into the 40 plus tools and resources there. And each one came from working with the staff and trying to um, come up with things that would be a promising practice that other homes would, would benefit. But one of the most beloved tools, now it's really the best tool at the beginning, at the front end, is this self-assessment tool. 
And it really is a summary of what the organization needs to do in order to support quality palliative care in their home. So what kind of policies do they have to have in place? What kind of education do they have to have? Um, you know, how do they have to support the staff to work together as a team? What kind of community partners? So part of the tool is what does the organization need to do in very, very practical terms? The other part of it is um, what the care delivery really needs to include. Um, the physical care, the psychosocial care, uh, the care for grief and bereavement, um, who, who needs to be involved in providing the care. And then the last part of the tool is on, um, on quality uh, performance measures. So how do you know if you're doing a good job? Mm. And so you can then look at what you're doing in your home and uh, against these and, and track how things are going. It's really, really a great starting point for homes that have made a decision and a commitment that they really want to spend some time strengthening their palliative approach because they, they are to some extent already doing it. An observation that I made was they're always, always very pleasantly surprised that they're doing a lot of the stuff already. And that's very empowering and encouraging uh, yeah. for them. And uh, it also is very educational for them, what they're not doing and what, what's in development. It's intended to be done internally. It's not intended for someone else from outside to do it because it's the people doing the work that know. And then once they get the tool, then we would say, okay, now the things that you're not doing or in development, there's your work plan. It's all written down. I'm wondering what you would recommend for a long-term care home who is just, you know, already feeling quite overwhelmed. How do they get started? Well, I think the the First and most important thing is to have strong management commitment to the importance of implementing a palliative approach and then uh, the identification of a couple of ch champions amongst the frontline staff, uh, a PSW champion, because their role is so critical and the way they approach their work is quite uh, different than registered professional staff, uh, and I would say a nurse champion. Mm -hmm. And then I think with that, sit down, um, bring a small group together, and spend some time doing this self-assessment checklist. It's kind of an incremental process, and it's ongoing. Things like building education into orientation, uh, building education into uh, the annual educational updates that staff have. Right. That's sort of thing. So it's continuous improvement. Yeah. And to do this checklist every year. So mm. you can chart your own progress. And, and it will help them in a practical sense. If they're choosing to apply for accreditation, 
and it will really help them set some priorities in the organization. The homes that use this self-assessment checklist, they love it. They find it very practical, concrete, and it gives them some outcomes and, and guidance on what to do next. I'm a firm believer that long-term care homes are communities where people live and work. The relationships uh, are very, very key and important to both the quality of life of the people in the community, the quality of care, um, and particularly important as people progress towards the end of life and uh, need palliative care. They want to be surrounded by people that know them well and care for them and, and can make them feel comfortable. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Mary Lou. Well, thank you. It, it's been just a pleasure to chat with you today, Nancy. You've been listening to the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care podcast. For more information about our project, visit spa-ltc.ca.